we're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. Welcome back to the Flourish podcast, everyone. I am so delighted to be joined by a very special guest. This is the second cookbook author that we've had um, on the podcast, but Rachel is is so much more than than that. Um, so Rachel <laughs> DeVoe, uh, welcome to the podcast. You may know her ha- as Rachel's Good Eats. It's so great to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So Okay, Rachel, I've been following you for a very long time. Your Twix recipe like got my sister and my husband <gasps> and I through the pandemic. We made them so very many times. So I just have to first Aww. thank you for that contribution to my life. You're personally. so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that is, well, for sure. It's definitely in my cookbook. I had to include it because it is everyone's favorite. It's a fan favorite um, of all my recipes. So I love that you guys had it during the pandemic. <laughs> and many times since then, but yeah, that was my first my first introduction. And now every time we get together as a family, everyone requests that my sister makes those Twix because they're kind of like oh, her, I love that. Yeah, her specialty. So um, you are a lot of things. You are like the definition of a multi-hyphenate. I wrote it all down. You're oh. a dietitian, a certified personal trainer, co-founder of Recreation Sweat, which is a fitness, clothing, accessory, and, and workout plan. Uh, brand. You're the co-founder of Toast Society Cafe and now, of course, cookbook author. You have a new cookbook mm-hmm. coming out, uh, Rachel's Good Eats, on April 18th. I don't know if you are aware of that, but that is happening coming up here soon. So my first question for you is, are you tired? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I've been tired for the last, what, five to seven years. Yeah. yeah. No, um, there's a lot going on. I love juggling all the things. I think having every day be so different is what makes it fun and enjoyable. And I'm just so grateful to do the things and projects that I'm doing. And I feel like starting as a senior in college, um, studying nutrition, that's when I really made my Instagram account with no plans of it going anywhere. It's mostly just for my friends and family. So the fact that I've been giving, given so many opportunities along the way has been so rewarding and so fun. Yeah. And well, and not just given, but uh, certainly earned and, and deserved. So that's nice. Um, I'm curious, what did you want to be like when you grew up grow as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? I loved sports. So I think 
always something that included sports at one time, probably in middle school, I wanted to be all the things, which I think that's where my entrepreneurial spirit came from. I wanted to be a nutritionist, a massage therapist, a personal trainer. There was like three more things, but I was, there was no doubt in my mind that I was like, yeah, I'm going to be all, (laughs) all the things. Um, so yeah, I think blending nutrition and fitness is just the perfect lane for me because they're just so connected. Totally. Did you have, did, did you, do you come from a family of people who are kind of like wellness oriented or was that something that you no. pursued kind of personally? <laughs> how did, how did that come about? My family is not, I mean, I didn't grow up eating healthy. It was never really about nutrition as the focus. Yeah. Um, I think just always being athletic and wanting to play sports is where it came from. And then once I hit, I think high school was when the light bulb kind of went off and was like, okay, like food really does play a factor in how I feel Mm -hmm. and how to properly recover and set me up for success with training. So that's when the nutrition started to play a huge factor. And that's when I decided I wanted to study nutrition in college. Okay, cool. So did it sounds okay. So you were an athlete growing up. What sport did you play? Or sports? Soccer and basketball. Soccer. Okay. Like real. And then volleyball sports. in like a high school class. So. Okay. So you're also a multi-hyphenate athlete. That's amazing. <laughs> um, okay. So it sounds like you were doing that sort of like recreationally and in school. And that is what inspired you to go into to nutrition. Like I said, you're a registered dietitian. Did the the CPT, the certified personal training come after that? It did. And I wanted it to become a minor in college, but I think it would have ended up keeping me in college for like another year if I wanted to finish all of those classes. So I, I finished half of what I needed to take. And that honestly set me up really well for becoming a personal trainer. Cause it gave me the foundation knowledge I needed in, um, sports science. So that came, I became a registered dietitian in 2015. 16, I believe was after my dietetic internship. And then I think a year after that, I became a certified personal trainer. And then how did these other businesses like walk me through like your, your trajectory? I'm so curious how you start racking up all these different, (laughs) um, these different entities. So Toast Society Cafe came next and it basically came about my sister and her best friend traveled a ton years ago and they loved Bali and they, Bali has a huge, um, wellness focus, nutrition cafes, like just the most beautiful food aesthetic. And so they got the idea for like a toast cafe. She had also just moved to Las Vegas. Um, I think five years before that and Las Vegas did not have nearly as many health options as, you know, other big cities do. So they wanted to bring a healthy, um, healthy focused toast cafe. And I essentially came on as the dietitian. I helped create the menu, um, focused on ingredients as fuel, um, anything that can benefit our bodies. So that was basically how Toast Society came about. We opened in 2018. And then we also just opened our second location also in Las Vegas in Henderson last July. And so that's been fun. I obviously live in Seattle. So I try to come out and visit every 
other month, every few months, as often as I can. Um, but now that my sister just had a baby, my niece, I'm going to definitely be here a lot more. So that's how Toast Society came about. And then in the pandemic is when Recreation Sweat was born. Um, basically, I saw the need that we need to we needed to empower women to just move their bodies and be comfortable in their bodies and be excited about working out and moving their bodies every day. And I also noticed that resistance bands on the market was never, they were never good looking, yeah. <laughs> um, aesthetic, obviously like the bright green, yellow and blue bands was just, I don't know. I, I knew there could be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> so I designed and picked out much more aesthetically pleasing colors. And we launched Recreation Sweat, me and my husband Bridger in, I believe it was March of 2021. And so we kind of piggybacked off of my community, community that I had already built, my Good Sweat, Good Sweat family. And yeah, it's been so much fun getting to create fitness accessories and equipment that people can honestly use wherever and whenever. I strive to create conveniency in all the content I promote. So, or come out with uh, recipes to workouts. Um, I just want to make it really easy for people and not have it be a chore. I want it to be fun in their eyes. So I think just, again, empowering women to just make movement a part of their everyday life has been the goal for Recreation Sweat. And we've seen so much growth over the past um, year and a half of having it. And it's been so much fun. We actually just launched Activewear in February of this year. So that's been really fun. We have more collections coming this year too. Oh my gosh. That is, it's so cool. I mean, you are really hitting like every component of nutrition and fitness and, and wellness. And so it's, it's so cool. And, um, if, if audience listeners here, you have not checked out Rachel's good eats on Instagram, you'll see, you know, she links out to all of these and also has an amazing workout series kind of ongoingly on your Instagram page, super to your point, like super accessible convenient home workouts that you sometimes do just literally in your living room. And so oh my you gosh. Really, yeah, walk the talk. And I mean, once the pandemic quarantine started, I had never worked out from home. Oh, really? That. Yeah. So oh. that was, it was new to me. Yeah. And I just felt this responsibility that I needed a I needed to get some workouts out there for people to do in their kitchen. Like we had done, we lived in a townhouse at the time and it was me and Bridger just literally fitting perfectly around our kitchen <laughs> island and doing two live workouts a week on my Instagram page. And that people loved it. And it was fun. We were all in it together and we got to work out and hang out with each other two times a week. And I kept that going for more than a year and it was so much fun. And honestly, that just made the quarantine experience so much better because we could just lean on each other and motivate each other. And it held me accountable more than anything. Totally. So I think that was the biggest part. Yeah. Well, that's such an interesting point that you bring up is, is accountability. I'd love to dig more into kind of like some of your routines and things like that around fitness and wellness and, and food, of course. And we'll talk about the book, but 
I'm actually curious. Tell me a little bit more about about accountability, and I'll I'll offer this context. Um, so I certainly find that for a lot of Flourish members and Flourish podcast listeners, having some sort of external accountability is so helpful. And yet we often, um, you know, maybe feel like we need to like white knuckle our way to experiencing internal accountability. And people may look at someone like you and think that you're sort of just intrinsically motivated all the time to do all the things. So I'd love to hear more about like, I don't know, just maybe dig a little deeper into the role that having that external accountability um, has has played for you. And, and how do you stay motivated, if you do, um, to cook healthy food and, and you know, exercise and, and all the things that you you display? We all have our seasons. I am not motivated every day. I go through you know, certain times where there's like a week where I don't have any motivation, but I think, like you said, external accountability is one of the biggest things that can help you be successful. Like if you make a point or an appointment every week, maybe there's two times where you purchase your Pilates class ahead of time. So that holds you accountable to get there. And just by making that a habit each day, those small habits are going to build up and that's going to essentially help you out when you don't have the motivation every day because you won't. And I think a lot of people may look at these, you know, fitness influencers on Instagram, they're pumping out content every day. They're not motivated every day, but it's the routine that they've put in place that is what's helping them when they don't have the motivation. So obviously I just want people to know, like, it's not going to be there every day, but by you making that promise to yourself, that's just going to build your confidence even more because it's going to have you, you know, trust your promises. You're going to be there for yourself. And maybe on those days, you don't have motivation. You text a friend like, Hey, do you want to go to the gym together or plan it at the beginning of the week and say, come to the gym with me on Tuesday and Thursday this week. Like, let's go take a class together. I think that is so helpful. And honestly, so much fun doing it with someone, whether it's your friend uh, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, someone in your family, just even going on a walk, like any kind of movement is going to make you feel better. And it's going to make that day even better. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the external accountability thing is such a huge lever to pull and and, and, and there's so many different forms and, and ways of doing it. And a question I often get is like, how do I get more motivated? How do I stay more motivated? And I often think that that's the wrong question. The question is, how do I still, and it's, it's a two-parter. I think it's, how do I still engage in health-promoting behaviors even when I don't feel motivated? Like, to your point, yeah. let's totally remove the expectation that we're all just motivated all the time. And and I love getting that affirmation from you that, you know, <laughs> that, that you're not, you don't feel that all the time either. So that, how do I do it even when I'm not motivated? And then the second part of that is, how do I not beat myself up when I don't do it? Mm -hmm. as well. And right. And just treating yourself with that compassion, kind of regardless for, for how you're showing up or, or not one day. I love that way of looking at it. I think even in terms of food, it's like, if someone has one bad meal, sometimes they're thinking like, oh, the rest of the day is screwed. Like, I'm just going to eat yeah. whatever I want. It's like, no, like every choice you make, you can choose the better option and you're going to feel better for it. And obviously don't beat yourself up if you can't make a workout or maybe you don't eat the healthiest meal, 
but the next choice you get, like make that, make that the better option, you know? And so I think that's one of my tips is choosing the better option. Um, I'm also not motivated to cook every night. So maybe that means it's not always going to be like the healthiest option, but if I can sort of build my plate, if I'm going to eat at home in a healthier way, like choosing just a few healthier options, then I'm not going to feel, you know, like this meal is a total waste. You can still choose, you know, one better option. Totally. Yeah. I've, I've often heard the analogy. Maybe you have too. It's like, if you had one flat tire, you wouldn't go around and slash the other three. And yet we do that to ourselves with health and fitness all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm super curious. You touched on this um, a a little bit, but I'd love to hear about how you would describe, let me actually back up. I, based on what I've seen on Instagram, um, which, you know, of course is not always the the full picture, but I think you appear to have like such a beautiful relationship with food where you've really struck a balance between eating in a way that obviously it fuels your, your exercise. It fuels your brain for all this like amazing work that you're doing. Um, it's, it's nutritious and, and bountiful and beautiful. And it also doesn't appear that you are sacrificing what tastes good or sacrificing the food that you enjoy and, and you're not sacrificing vacations and, you know, all the things. So I would love to know how you define your relationship with food today and, and has it always been that way or has it kind of evolved over time? It's definitely evolved. I think everyone goes through their own health journey in terms of food and in terms of fitness. There was, I feel like a time where I was just obsessed with food. And I think it was just on my mind all day long. Like I'm always thinking about what snack I'm going to have next. Like, you know, what I'm going to have for lunch, what I'm going to have for dinner. It was just always, it consumed me. Yeah. And so I think in terms of that, it probably wasn't the healthiest relationship just because I was always just obsessed with it. And I think just over time, I don't know if it's just, you know, being more balanced with health and fitness, but just also being more busy where I don't have time to think about food all day long. Yeah, It's definitely gotten a lot better where it's not obviously the only thing on my mind or like the top four things on my mind. Um, I do like to set myself up for success. I'm not one to meal prep every week, but if I can just think about just a few recipes that I'm going to make, that helps me a lot. So I think figuring out um, how you work is going to help set you up for success. So maybe that is spending two to three hours on Sunday, like meal prepping your proteins, Mm -hmm. you know, your sides, roasted veggies, just so that you can throw it all into a bowl when you're ready to go and ready to eat it. So I think having certain ingredients in the fridge and in your pantry is going to be beneficial. Like for me, it's going to the grocery store and getting ingredients that I can make three recipes with for dinner that week. And then it's also making a little bit extra for dinner so that I can have it the next day for lunch, just so I don't have to think about it just because right. I am busy throughout the day. Maybe I have, you know, 10, 15 minutes for lunch. I'm just going to go to the fridge and get leftovers. That's personally how I work. Um, but yeah, I think just figuring out kind of how you're wired and it shouldn't consume you. 
Um, it should supplement your life and, um, working out has never been something that, um, I want people to think is a chore. Like I've said before, I want it to be fun for people. I want it to be enjoyable. So finding the right type of exercise for you is a huge factor in living a healthier lifestyle. Like cardio running is not my thing. I'm not Mm -hmm. a runner. I tried to make it my thing. I hated it. Um, it wasn't something I enjoyed. I feel like there's so many factors that need to be going absolutely perfect for me to go on a run. And that's fine. Like I'm not going to be running on the treadmill at the gym every day. That's just not me, but some people love it and that's great. So I think me, I love weight training. I love more circuit training. So that's where you'll find me. Um, maybe that's just experimenting and trying new things, even with recipes. So one of my biggest tips for starting to cook more at home or just being more familiar in the kitchen is having people make one new recipe a week. I think that's not overwhelming for people. If you can just pick one and I think it makes it fun. Like you can do it with your friend, with your partner, like, Hey, let's do a date night. Um, let's make a new recipe. You can just make it like your Monday routine. And I think that helps people branch out a lot more and just being more experimental in the kitchen, which in turn helps you think about the ingredients you're consuming. And that's one of my big goals as well is just pay attention to the foods you're eating. Try not to be mindlessly snacking or, you know, going out and getting fast food and not knowing what you're consuming. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my big things. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And I love how you framed it. Like, I don't know. I, I love the the idea of setting a goal to make one new recipe a week because it is something that you can look forward to. It's mm-hmm. it's attainable, right? It's not like, okay, I'm going to meal prep every single meal every single day this week. I'm going to make sure that every meal has this many grams of protein and this many – like that's when it starts to become a chore and overwhelming yeah. and just not realistic for most people. But if you can bring some – joy and some fun to this, you're so much more likely to to stick with it because you actually enjoy it and because it mm-hmm. it serves your your life overall. A hundred percent. And just making like those small habits that over time is going to be so much more sustainable than overtaking your entire lifestyle and making yourself a health and fitness wellness girly, you know, like totally. you can do it small ways. Just pick a few new things that you want to try. Try drinking 70 to hundred ounces of water every day. Mm-hmm. Once you've accomplished that for a week or two, add on another thing. Maybe that's when you're going to add the, okay, I'm going to make one new recipe week. And so then you complete that you're successful with both those things. And then you add on something else. Oh, I love that. We're actually working on something new in the, in the flourish app where you attain new goals and we have these like cute little badges and stuff like that. So I, I'll have to send you a screenshot of it because it's totally oh aligned gosh, I with, see. with what you mentioned. I'll, we'll do it. We'll do it offline. Um, okay. that's, that's really awesome. Okay. I, I'm really curious. We'll, we'll get into the, the book next, but I do have one kind of rapid fire question for you related to nutrition. Also a two-parter. Okay. What do you think is overrated when it comes to nutrition? And what do you think is underrated when it comes to nutrition? <clears throat> that's a good question. What's underrated, I would say, is protein consumption. I think most women aren't getting enough protein throughout the day. 
I don't count macros or count calories, but I think portion sizes are very helpful. Um, and if you're gonna count anything, even just for two days, yeah, try to count your protein, just see how much you're getting. Um, I can probably guarantee you're not getting what your body needs to, you know, sustain muscle to build lean muscle mass. There's so much that goes on in the body that you need muscle for and amino acids for. And so I think getting 20 to 30 grams of protein in your main meals is super helpful. And then also including a protein source, like, you know, dry roasted nuts in your snacks or nut butter. Um, you know, you could do hummus and veggies just for snacks. Just make sure you're getting some kind of protein in those snacks. What's overrated. I think all the crazy supplements, I don't think it's, you know, I think people just go into it. Like I'm going to take this, this, and this, but I think you should just evaluate how you feel. Maybe you're not getting good sleep. So let's try to fix that issue. Yes. And not just take all the things with no really rhyme or reason why you're doing it. Totally. It really does. I think for so many of us, we start working on like the very tippy top of our pyramid before we have the base of our pyramid, right? The the sleep, the movement, the nutrition, having a, enough of all three macronutrients is so essential. And that is, I mean, that is one of the, the things that our members almost across the board, I, I recommend is like, are you getting enough protein? I could not like plus one that more. Um, <laughs> Because it, it really does, especially morning protein. I find that a lot of women are under eating in general yeah. in the early part of the day, and they're definitely under eating protein and, and fat in the early part of the day. And it just sets them up to have just kind of be on like a blood sugar roller coaster for the rest of the day. And it's, yes. yeah, I could not, I totally agree. Totally agree with you. Because then you have cravings uh-huh. and you're just then you're mindlessly snacking. Right. And so then you're just grabbing anything in front of you. Yeah. So if you could be more satiated throughout the day and not be to the point where you're starving, exactly. set yourself up for success, consume protein and healthy fats, like you said, and that's going to yeah. help you out. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about the book. Oh, Rachel's Good okay. Eats. Here we are. It's so beautiful, y'all. Um, I think I said this when I when I spoke with, with Alex, when her, her second book came out, but I think very similarly, which makes sense that I would have you both on the podcast. This is like nourishing healthy food that you actually want to eat, which is an important piece of the puzzle here. So thank you for this contribution to all of our kitchens and all of our our wellness routines. So um, Rachel's Good Eats is the the cookbook. It comes out on April 18th. Um, What are you excited about when it comes to, to the cookbook? I'm excited to cook my way through it with everyone. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. There, I mean, we've been, I've been doing that on my Instagram for years now, but I think now having something physically in people's hands and in my hands is so much easier to follow. I love a good physical book. So I think yeah. it's just such a game changer. There's 75 brand new recipes that I have not posted about 110 total. Wow. It's all gluten-free, dairy-free and refined sugar-free. In the introduction, I included basically my nutrition philosophy yes. and 
cooking the RGE way. So there's a bunch of tips and tricks. Um, I love eating for fuel. How is this ingredient going to benefit my body? That's how I look at food. Um, leaning into cooking, limiting added sugars, which is a huge part of my brand and what I like to share um, my tips for. All my kitchen staples and must-haves. I mean, like you said, it's food that you are going to love. Taste is king. So obviously that was the number one. Yeah. Um, to have the recipes taste really good. And you're not going to miss dairy or gluten by making these recipes. I can guarantee that. So I'm excited. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I something I noticed flipping through it was like the the kind of intro section before you get into all the the recipes, which are amazing is this food philosophy. And also I noticed the nutrition crash course, which I thought was amazing. And I'm curious, it's not something that I've seen maybe in any cookbook before. So what made you want to include that section in particular? It makes, I mean, it makes total sense. You're a dietitian, like you have this information to share. What made you want to include it? Again, just conveniency and making things as accessible for people. If you're have my book with all my recipes in it. I want you to know where that's coming from and kind of the foundation of why I created these recipes and kind of how I just, I just want it to be easy for people to understand very digestible material, pun intended, and <laughs> just your starter guide for success, just easy, quick tips that you can incorporate yeah. into your everyday lives. That's going to make you happier and more excited to cook in your kitchen. Totally. I also love that I think the the nutrition section, the nutrition crash course, it's literally like one, maybe two, it's two pages. You know, mm -hmm. it's not overly complex, which is how food is. It's how nutrition is, right? Like nutrition is actually quite simple. Like you don't need to be dietitians like the two of us are to know the basics and to have that really strong foundation. I always say this, like it's simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And right. I think the book though, obviously it, it sort of exemplifies the, sim the, the simplicity of these nutrition principles, but I also think the recipes are actually pretty easy. So you're really accomplishing both, which I think is, is amazing. Well, it's so nice. Um, but it has always been the goal. Um, since I first started making my Instagram account, I was posting two to four times a day. I did not miss wow. one day oh my God. for more than a year and a half. Wow. Don't know how I had time for it, but it was obviously back in the time where I didn't have a bar for what it looked like. You know, I didn't care. Uh -huh. So I just posted it. Um, and then I always put the ingredients and the entire recipe in the caption so that people could just make it straight from Instagram. You don't have to click my link to go to my blog to get the recipe. Convenience is just, has always been the forefront of my brand and same with what you were saying about nutrition being simple. I think online, so many people just make it so scientific and confusing, which yes, you know, a lot of it is, but even I find myself, my eyes glazing over a lot of the times when I'm like watching these videos or reading. And it's just like, I can't even imagine what people who haven't take all the nutrition courses that we have are thinking, you know? Totally. So it's, I've, always wanted it to be super simple, um, very easy to understand and easy to incorporate into people's lives. A hundred percent. I saw, um, I think it was a, an Instagram reel maybe the other day that was a woman, bless her. She 
you know, went into Costco. She's like, I'm trying to make healthy food for me and my family. And I had a near anxiety attack in front of a rotisserie chicken because I just felt so overwhelmed by all the conflicting information about nutrition. And so having tools like this and and not only the tool of the recipes, but also again, the, the other information that you provide in here about just like reassurance around the fact that like you can feed your body, you can cook at home. You don't have to have it be picture perfect all the time. It doesn't need to be 57,000 specialty ingredients. It really does come down to the basics. Um, it's just so, so helpful and so needed. I think people just need to know it's not all or nothing. Yeah. Living a yeah. healthy lifestyle is not all or nothing. Just do the simple things and you're going to be so much happier and you're going to learn like it's going to get easier. You're going to find more shortcuts in the kitchen too, by just learning how to cook more. And I think by making that one new recipe a week is going to expand your cooking knowledge even more and it's going to get more fun. I think a lot of people go into it like super overwhelmed and it's just something they don't know, but the more you do something, the easier it's going to get. Totally. I'm curious to that end around kind of like shortcuts and hacks. Is there anything that you find yourself kind of doing probably like intuitively at this point that helps you be efficient in the kitchen? Um, whether it's like a gadget or a, a certain routine Ooh. for your dishes or any anything that you can think of? Hmm. That's a hard... I feel like what I said earlier about having two things prepped in the fridge, even if it's just like a bunch of cut onion, you know, that's going to make your dish more flavorful and you can do it ahead of time. And it lasts, you know, five to seven days in the fridge. Um, also making extras for dinner so that you can have, I'm a leftover girly. And I know that a lot of people might differ on that, but it makes it so much easier the following day to just have it for lunch or maybe again for dinner. Um, I think easy. What are you, do you have any good ones? Um, you know, I wrote something, I'll have to dig it back up and maybe share it in the show notes or something, but I, I wrote this article that was like dish efficiency 101, because I do feel like I have mastered oh. like how to orchestrate in the kitchen so that you have the minimum number of dishes. Mm-hmm. So like one thing I do is like, I have a spice bowl. So oh. I have like a big metal bowl from, I think it's from Ikea and if I'm doing like batches of roasted vegetables, I toss them in the bowl one on, you know, one at a time. So sweet potatoes, olive oil, salt, pepper, paprika, da, 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 shake it, you know, put it on the sheet pan, Brussels sprouts in the spice bowl. And then it's, that's, that's super easy. I will also on the point around leftovers. I'm also a leftovers girly as a kid. I used to complain about leftovers whenever my poor working, busy yes. mom of three, you know, wouldn't cook us a fresh dinner. I would whine and complain. And now now you I thrive off of them. Thrive. Um, <laughs> but reheating them in the air fryer. I is, still haven't got an air fryer. Oh, you have to. I know. You should. They're I'm the just best. like, it's another small appliance. I know. Where I know. am I going to store it? I have so many, but you is probably, it yeah. really that important? Do I need it? Yes. I believe you do. Yeah. Um, I felt the exact same way. I was like, this is kind of a gimmick. So I put it on our wedding registry because I was like, okay, if we get it, we get it. We'll kind of leave it up to chance. So I got it in what? I guess that was 2020. Okay. Mul- use it multiple times a week. Okay. 
And I saw this new, cause I watched the Instagram reels or TikToks or whatever with the um, little parchment paper insert. Yes. Yes. To make it so, it's so much easier to clean. Yes. So yes. now I have all these tricks now that I've seen. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it. You should do it. You you have to do it. Um, yeah. And the parchment paper is, is also really clutch. So, okay. That, that, that gives you all good, like three, four five tips for, for the kitchen. Cool. And, and trying to clean while you cook. I know this is not for like the extreme beginner because mm-hmm. they're just focused on timing yeah. their thought processes elsewhere. But if you can start just cleaning one thing at a time while something else is cooking, it's going to be less overwhelming post meal cleanup. Totally. Did you do, I mean, obviously you tested the the recipes. I imagine you tested the recipes in your house, right? Okay. Amazing. And then the, the actual, like the beautiful, you have the most beautiful food photography. Was these, was this all shot in your house too? Um, the human photos are shot in my house. Okay. Okay. There's just a handful of those, but everything else we went to Petaluma and Sonoma, California to shoot. Cause it's my, that's where my photographer studio was. Cool. So I hired a whole team for all of this. I mean, it's crazy. You probably heard from Alex, but so much goes into it behind the yeah. scenes. There's a food stylist who actually cooks all of the recipes and styles it perfectly. And there's a prop stylist, every single plate, napkin, cup, back drop you see in this someone styled that wow there's a photographer there's a photographer's assistant who does the lighting like so I was there and I approved everything and you know threw my ideas in um every now and then but they're obviously the experts on making it look the most phenomenal and it does look fun I just turned the page to the paleo almond butter fudge on this like Tiffany blue background it looks so good so I mean, good. they killed it with these photos. I'm so excited. And I'm so happy you included a dessert section because I really do feel like mm. you are the queen of desserts. It's the biggest chapter in the book. So really? Was that intentional? Yes. I just feel like I love making sweet treats. Yeah. And so that is maybe the backbone of my brand. Let's <laughs> just be honest. And so, yes, it was intentional. I love desserts. I love sweet treats, um, indulging in them. So yeah, there's quite a few. I love that. Okay. If someone, I'm going to ask you a hard hitting question. If someone could only cook one recipe from the book, what would you suggest? Sweet or savory. Okay. Let's do one of each. So two recipes. Okay. Cheater. (laughs) Um... Okay, I would I would probably do the paleo almond butter fudge. I know you just showed it. Yeah. But that one, it's really easy and it's really good. Um, one of the other more savory recipes, I'd probably do my juicy turkey burgers. Um I've made, been making these for years. My mom, I feel like always had a variation of this as we grew up. And so I kind of took the recipe and it is the best one. It is so good. You can make a lot for the week. You can reheat it. I honestly like eating it cold the next day mm-hmm. on top of a salad. Oh yeah, um, it's, but it's so good. Protein packed, flavor packed. I would recommend the turkey burgers. Okay, so we're doing burgers for dinner and then almond fudge. fudge for, yes, yeah, fudge for fudge for dessert. That sounds <laughs> that sounds amazing to me. Um, okay, my last question for you. 
like we kind of started from the the top here, you've made this like really massive and also dynamic mm-hmm. contribution to this the space, nutrition, health, fitness, like wellness overall. What what do you want people to take away from from it from from Rachel's good eats and and your contribution? That's so nice. Um, I want my page to be the place where people feel comfortable um, to start making the change to living a healthier lifestyle. They can take one tip from my page. They can take a few, but I just want to keep promoting living a healthy and happy lifestyle, um, incorporating movement into their everyday routine, more focusing on ingredients that they're consuming. So I think just an all around, we're not all the way balanced, but a more balanced approach to living a healthier and happier lifestyle. Totally. And like I said, you, you absolutely walk the talk. So if y'all don't follow Rachel already, which I I just would be shocked, but if you don't follow Rachel already, you have to, the cookbook comes out on April 18th. So where can everyone get the book? Basically, most places that um, books sell, Barnes & Noble, Target, Williams-Sonoma, oh, cool. Amazon. Yeah. Um, I'm going on a book tour also starting April 18th, hitting nine cities. Wow. Um, you can find everything on my website, rachelsgoodeats.com, but New York, Boston, Dallas, Austin. I'll see you there. I'll be there. Okay, I'll see you there. Um, San Diego, Orange County, San Francisco, Chicago, and Seattle. Wow. Okay. So that's like your whole month of April, is it? I will be, yeah, I'll be gone April 15th, coming back May 3rd. And do people have to get tickets beforehand? Yes. Okay. They do. So yeah, just head to my website. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you guys soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for for being here. So everyone can follow you at Rachel's Good Eats on Instagram. Are you on TikTok? Anything else? I tried. Yeah, I'm it's not. Okay. It's can't. like a t- I took a two week. Um, I tried for two weeks and then it just That's, kind of ended. But yeah, you've got a lot going yeah. on. Some might say. <laughs> um, okay, so they can find you Rachel's Good Eats on Instagram and Rachel's Good Anywhere else? Um, I have a few YouTube videos. Okay, Rachel's, Rachel Devoe. Rachel DeVoe on YouTube. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank yes. you so much for, for Thanks, coming Claire. to the Flourish podcast. And it was so great to meet you. So good to meet you. Thanks so much for having me. I'll see you in Austin. Yeah. Okay. Can't wait. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Flourish podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a second to leave us a five-star review or better yet, share it with a friend. And if you're ready to start your own journey to get healthy for good with accountability from expert coaches and the support of an incredible community, head to the show notes to get started on your flourish journey. I'll see you in the next episode.